Stephen Jill here. Hi. Welcome to the House Academy Show, entertaining real estate investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butala. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from sunny Southern California. Today, Jill and I talk about wholesaling houses explained. That was a lot. This seems like such a basic topic, like, yeah, 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 you wholesale a house. You buy it for cheap, you sell it for more, and get out of there. Go do it again. Do you even use this term when you describe yourself anymore? Because I stopped. Oh, heck no. Yeah, isn't that funny? I used to say it. It used to mean something. (laughs) And it used to mean something good. (laughs) And you know what? There's always one bad one that ruins it for the rest of us. I'm just kidding. But people have got confused by what wholesaling is. And then some people are, I think, not doing it right. And and now we have to describe it. We do a different different way and let them run with that. There's a lot of meat in in these deals. And because of that, there's a lot of people who have no shame uh, and no real respect for real estate or money and the process and have come in and and really, um, they haven't even put a dent in the industry, but they just get a lot of notary because they're they're not doing it responsibly. So here's here's a, a prelude to the rest of the show. <laughs> what we really are, are acquisition experts for people who own a lot of property, uh, whether they're landlords or house flippers or whatever. Um, exactly. So if you, if you walk into any big company that's real estate driven, like a McDonald's or a bank's, both bank branches, they have right. buildings or home builder buildings full of a- an acquisition staff that help them buy inexpensive property that fits their acquisition criteria. And I cut my teeth in that corporate environment, and now we do it for ourselves. So what the show really could be should be called is how to set up an outsourced acquisition department for landlords. But if we call it that, <laughs> you will be the only person who's listening to the show. Could you imagine? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Hey, you got to check out the show. What's it called? It's great. A little hard to find. Because if you misspell one of the words, and there's a lot of them, you'll never find it. Jill and I went to a podcast national event one time, and we we had a show like that for a long call. And then everybody's like looking cross-eyed at us. Like, like what? Why, are you, why do you call it that? Exactly. What the hell are you talking about? You lost me at the third word. <laughs> you lost me at acquisitions. <laughs> That's my favorite. (laughs) Before we get into the topic, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the houseacademy.com online community. It's free. Jeff asks, I just flipped a property in Kansas City and I made $12,000. I know I left a bunch of money on the table. How do you deal with this? Move if on. You know. <laughs> I'll <laughs> tell you what. You d- well, you certainly can't call back and say, hey, oops, by the well, way. I think what he's saying is, you guys, meaning Jill and I, what you teach or what you explain on how you do it is to make 10 or 15 or 20 grand on the thing and just keep moving. Yeah. And that's right. So, how do I deal with leaving money on the table? Because Jill and I leave money on the table on every single deal in house and land deals, too. Yeah. That's part of the business model. Yeah. You need your buyers to, to just beat your door down, yeah. and you, if you're and gonna, now they will. And, yeah, and if congratulations, you're gonna, if that you're buyer wants charge to do. Them, they're not. They're going to do one. If you're going to charge them close to retail, they're going to do one deal with you and never talk to you again. And then you got to go through exactly. the whole thing again instead of just texting them an APN. And what you just did, you just created a buyer for life. Congratulations. That's what we all want. You don't want to gouge them. You want them coming back for more and more and more and more and more. And then you guys have each other's number, and it gets easier, and it goes faster. So every time you have $12,000, you might do 12000 a week, maybe even more than that. And that's just fine. 
we, we live in this culture, uh, in this country where we've watched our parents or everybody do real estate deals and, and, and real estate agents don't help this at all. In fact, they're the, probably the problem. Maximize price. Yeah. You know, they believe that, so I don't know who told them this, but their job is to go in and get the highest dollar price that they possibly can. Even if, it, even if it means, you know, taping the whole house together, uh, slapping a coat of paint on it and uh, charging more. Exactly. And so, and if you ask them about it, they'll say, yeah, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Isn't that amazing? That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to represent my the seller and get as much money as I can. I know. They want to, re- every time I hear the, the terminology about resetting the price in yeah. that market, it just makes me sick inside. You don't want to be that guy. No. The fact is, you're going to pay 6%, as a seller, you're going to pay 6% to that real estate agent. And if it's a $300,000 house, which is a national average, that's eighteen grand. And, uh, you know, if you sold your house, you save $18,000. You don't have to pay the fees, and everybody wins. Thank you. Today's topic, house, house wholesaling explained. This is why you're listening. I only pay 3000 3%. 3% of $300,000. I'm not uh, paying 6%. I'm paying it's a full 3%. Off, you're paying, well, it's 3% the list, then 3% on the other side as a seller. I'm only doing 3% the last one I did. Maybe because I, I spelled it out. You can do 3 to 6%. How's that? I, hold, I try to stick to that. When you list your house mm-hmm. as a seller mm-hmm. and you say, we're going to pay the buy side... <sighs> We did a fixed price listing, so it's only 3%. Right. If we did a, a traditional listing- That's what I'm saying. It would be six. Yeah. We're saying the same thing. Oh, you, oh I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, I'm only selling, yeah, okay. If we have to, if we're forced to use a broker, which is almost never the case, right? we do pay the 3%. That's what we're talking and about. We always regret it. Yeah, we do. So yeah, when so we're doing these and we're selling our, deal, our uh, homes, by the way, I'm coming in and I'm the seller. It's me. Yeah. My boots on the ground is putting a lockbox on the, I just talked to someone about this the other day. We're putting the lockbox on the door and we're making our own flat rate, flat rate uh, listing in the MLS and we're paying, they're gonna probably bring, it, bring a realtor on the on the buyer side and we will totally pay their commission, of course, and it's up to 3%. So what is this business of wholesaling houses? What are you guys really doing? You know, there's probably, if you've gotten to this episode of this show and you're a new listener, you've gotten so much conflicting information by now that I'm going to settle, I'm going to clarify it all in less than 12 minutes here. Thank you. Here's three ways to wholesale a house or three types of businesses that theoretically fall under wholesaling. We explained it a little bit earlier. Number one. You send a bunch of mail out or you put bandit signs out or however you establish an inbound flux of uh, potential you know, lead pipeline or there's lots of different words for it. You contact the seller. The seller does want to sell you his house or her house for $150,000. You know it's worth two hundred. dollars So you have now three choices. Number one, you can uh, market up $10,000 and sell, sell it to people that are in the market that are gonna do something with it. They're gonna sell it, they're gonna clean it up, uh, just like on HGTV and and retail it out with a real estate agent and they're gonna stage it and light some candles and bake some cookies and take it to the end. And am I doing that as, as an as 
assignment? How am I doing this? Well, there you have a couple of choices there. That was okay. number one. And you're gonna sign, you're gonna just get paid out of escrow. You're gonna sign it to this person, the HD person on HGTV. They're gonna pay you ten thousand dollars on the buy side, and you're gonna go on your merry way. Am I getting? A, I mean, I have some questions. Am I getting a purchase agreement that gives me equitable title? You are getting a purchase agreement that that is assignable to the HGTV person. Thank you. Okay. Second way is... Because I'm not representing anybody. I just want to make it real clear, too. Good, good. Okay, thanks. Second way is to buy the house. Okay. Uh, and, you, and you don't have too much talk about it with the seller. You just say, I'm going to buy your house for 150000 bucks. When you're done, you resell it to a group of people that you've already pre-established as credible buyers with money and cash, and they'll have their own team of probably inspectors and all kinds of stuff, professional real estate people. But you have the luxury of charging a little bit more than that uh, because you're in control of the deal. Are we price gouging? No. But we control the deal and these deals take slightly longer, but you have, you're not gouging it to the, you know, you're not, it's, you're making more than 10 grand, let's say probably in a case like this, 25. And you're still well below what the house is worth. The third way is to institutionalize this, uh, like I alluded to in the beginning, where you're really truly acting as an acquisition arm for um, the HGTV people uh, or the, um, you know, in the case, we do, Jill and I do a lot of land deals with like bank branches and stuff where we, we just, we're, we're heading up their acquisition, you know, the, the vanguard part of their acquisition deal. So we're really kind of a hybrid of the, of the last two. But the, the confusion comes with this wholesaling business because we get there first and we have control of the deal and the, and, but we never gouge. We never ever gouge it. So this is what, this is wholesaling explained. Yeah. You can't price gouge because you got a great deal. You have to spread the fact that that's yeah. a great deal. Spread it out with your, your customers. You have to, or you're not gonna be doing this very long. Yeah. You won't have buyers. That's the whole point. Right. You could do a couple of them. It's very different um, here. And this is where you are a pro, Stephen. Stephen has taught me a lot about volume, you know, yeah. and maximizing volume. And it's true. And it's this sings to me. I got to tell you, I love doing houses because I, in my heart, even in even with land, but in my heart, I want this guy to make more money. I mean, we're going to be best friends for life. I, he he's calling me all the time. You know, what do you what do you have? What do you have? That's what you should have. And by and by just marking up a fair amount, and you know what? It's pretty much out there. Everybody can look up because we take total ownership. They can see what we bought it for. They can look up and see what we sold it for. Nobody's unhappy. Right. I did the hard work, by the way. I sent yeah. out the mail. I paid for the data. I paid for the mail. I talked to the seller. I, I've 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 handed this them a property on a silver platter because it's an investor to investor. By the way, yeah. I did the hard work. So in their mind too. My 25 or whatever it is, a little bit thousand profit on there is well worth it because it's still way below how they could have got it with a lot less hassle. And they're coming in and we get our deals done, um, you know, in days, which is great. They come in cash. I've already got, you know, the work done. I, I paid extra for a hold open policy with escrow and it is quick. So that's great, Steve. I'm just brand new at this. Uh, or I used to be a real estate agent, which means I failed as a real estate agent. And I don't have any money. I, ha I am forced to choose option one. I can send out mail. I'm happy to talk to the sellers, but I have to send it to the guy 
uh, who's going to buy it and get paid out escrow ten percent or ten thousand dollars or whatever. No, you don't. Right. There's a, a ton of programs. Our house academy group is packed full of people who just want to be money partners. Yeah. So in that example, what you do is this: you get a hold that purchase agreement for that hundred fifty thousand dollar acquisition price. You know the property's worth two thousand and pre- uh, two hundred thousand in its present condition. You talk to everybody on the House Academy uh, uh, forum, the you know, in the deal board, and a deal board. You can find, and you say, "I've got this deal, and I'll split it with you." Mm-hmm. And so now you're you're splitting. You're buying the house. You're marking it up twenty or thirty thousand dollars, calmly and collectively, and you're in split it. Yes, and you're and you're not trying to hide stuff and dual escrow and all that. None of that. You're splitting a margin, probably making a little bit of more money, and now you're the money guy is dying for more deals. Mm-hmm. Your buyer's dying. Because you for did more all deals. the work. Yeah, yeah. And these this business of assigning these properties because you don't is have the truly, money. Well, yeah. it's truly you're doing it in haste. Yeah. You don't care about now because you're not buying it. You don't care about the inspection. In fact, you're going to fall. So your your tendency would be will be to cover the inspection up. Good point. So all this stuff gets rushed, yeah, and it's wrong, and it's not professional, and this is what's giving wholesaling a bad name right now. Right, you're not taking any of the risk. You're just quick, like you said, and uh, I agree with that. I love the way you just explained it. So that's wholesaling houses. You know, that's that's how I explain it. I grew up in an environment, or cut my teeth professionally in an envir- in a professional commercial real estate environment and all everybody was doing was dying for deals. And I so I did over decades divide this, this system of having a jam-packed pipeline full of right. transactions so you can pick the best ones. Right. And pick the most willing seller and, and end up with a deal. Here's the end game on the whole thing where everybody wins. Yep. You win, the financial guy wins, the buyer wins, and the end users got lit candles in their bathroom when they're done. And a chandelier. In a chandelier in their bathroom. Jill puts chandeliers in bathrooms. When we bit, we've done that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we know your time's valuable. Uh, thanks for spending it with us today, or a little bit of it with us anyway. Join us next time for the episode called Why Most House Rentals Fail. And we answer your questions posted on our online community, houseacademy.com. It is free. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. Yeah, I want to make sure you know this. If you want to get us, if you want us to read your question, you're listening to us, this is all new to you and foreign to you, and you have a burning question, go put it in there and tag it. You know, say, hey, guys, can you hit this up on the show? Um, and we will. You know, this is show number eight for us on the House Academy show. Yeah. But on our other show, the Land Academy show, it's like show number 1,100 or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... No, no question will scare us. That's true. <laughs> Bring it. Wherever you're listening or wherever you're watching, please subscribe and rate us there. We, we are, are Stephen Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property.